0: Good morning. Hello. 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 Let's finish your coffee or your conversation. Bring the coffee with you. Have a seat. We're going to get started this morning. Rick, God just wants to say hello. Now he has. And now we're going to have some announcements.
1: Good morning, Free Life Church. We're glad you're here. If you are visiting in person, please stop by the connection corner in the lobby to receive your welcome bag and learn more about Free Life Church. A member from our connection team will be there to answer any questions you have. We look forward to meeting you. Ladies, mark your calendars for April 30th. Join us for an evening of fellowship, fun, and games. Light refreshments and childcare will be provided. Discover who we are, what we believe, and how to get connected and equipped. Whether you are simply looking to get to know us or ready to become a member, this one-day course is where you'll begin. We hope you can join us on Saturday, May 15th from 9 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. We look forward to getting to know you. On May 16th, we will be hosting child dedications. It is our heart to pray over and bless the children that the Lord has placed in our church family. If you have an infant or small child and would like to dedicate them to the Lord, please register online on the events page. We are excited to announce some wonderful outreach events happening in Loudoun County, like the upcoming Bible reading marathon. Experience what God is doing in our community. Check out our newsletter and our social media for more information. Remember, for more information about all of our upcoming events, please see the events page on our website. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Lord of Lords, that you're the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, I thank you that you've come before us, that you're here today, and you will still come again. We thank you that you have all power and authority. And Lord, we just yield our agenda to you this morning. We are just here for you. Holy Spirit, we invite you to move with power. Just move with power this morning. We worship the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. And all God's people said. Amen. Say hello to somebody so we can get started.
2: praise you, we praise you This is what living looks like, this is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like, we praise you We praise you This is what living looks like, this is what freedom feels like, this is what heaven sounds like We praise you, we praise We'll see you break down every Watch the giants fall, fear cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side, forever lifted high, with all creation cry, God, we praise you, oh, 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 oh. we praise you, oh, oh, oh. let's do this is what living looks like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise you. This is what living looks like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what heaven sounds like. We praise you. We praise. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. Fear cannot survive when we pray. We've God of breakthroughs on our side, forever lifted high, with all creation cry, God, we'll see you. We'll see you break down every wall, we'll watch the giants fall, because we cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side, forever lifted
3: take one or two minutes for where you stand or sit. Just shout out by one word who he is to you. Declare it. Whatever it is. Shout aloud. Shout aloud. Just declare it. Savior. Redeemer. Redeemer. Healer. Father. Helper. The King. Just declare the truth that is in your heart of who he is. Just declare it. Then you agreeing with him. It's like saying amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The privilege of declaring who you are. The privilege of declaring who you are. You are the way maker. You are the miracle maker. You are God eternal. You are everything, Lord. The creator of heaven and earth. Yet, you are with us. You walk with us. You commune with us. You talk with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We bless your holy name, Lord. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Wonderful, thank you.
4: Good morning. How are you all? Hey Jay. It's good to worship. You unfortunately go from that to me. I don't mean that as a bad thing, but the truth is it's nothing like worship. You know? You know the Lord doesn't listen to sermons in heaven, right? But there is worship. I'll say that again. And very simply, I could go into it, I don't have the time, but it's an amazing work that she's doing. She's having different other agencies trying to reach out to her. She's recently been trying to be shut down by some department. But when God calls you to feed the hungry and deal with the poor, that's what you do. And, um, and so right now there's a vote that any person can go on and vote once per day. If you have 10 email addresses, you can vote 10 times. So it's $75,000. Please go, and I don't know if it's coming up behind me. O-P-A-L, Opal, Opal, Apples, OpalApples.com. Can we say it together? OpalApples.com. That way you'll remember it. Please go there. She's one of our own. We want to get behind her. She will win a grant for $75,000 if she wins. Right now she's leading, I think, or second, or third. She was first, now she's third. She needs a help. So, or you can give her $75,000. It's up to you. I, I say vote. You know, please do. She's doing an amazing work. She has her own 501c3, and she's partnering with local schools and so forth. So, can we can we get behind her? Can we vote? Give her $75,000. Wonderful. Also, uh, we had a discovery course. That's just who we are. A little bit of who we are as a church. Come out and. Partner with us. Be there if you're new to the church. We have a discovery course on May 15th. It's going to be here on a Saturday, 9 to 12.30, two sessions. And uh, come meet the leaders. Come find out who we are. We encourage you to come. Uh, You can sign up on the website. Please do that and go look there for details. Amen? Amen. All right, I wonder if you could open your Bibles, please, to John chapter 2. And Carly, I'm so sorry. Could you pass me some water? Sorry, I always forget it down there. Go to John chapter 2. Wow, that's plenty. And I want to share something with you this morning. It's very close to my heart. I'm not doing next week. Someone else is preaching next week, so it's rare that I get to do a one off. So I'm gonna just start reading in John chapter two, then we'll get into it. Let's go to John chapter two, verse one. Gonna read together. How many of you have a physical Bible here can you raise your hand real high all right the rest of you are not less than maybe a little No. (laughs) I'm just kidding it's just something about a real Bible maybe I'm old-school I encourage you to get one and read you know that when you write there's a certain pathway to your brain when you read there's a pathway to your brain when you hear there's a pathway to your brain and one of them there's different about five or six and one of them will work very different for you and I find when I use a physical Bible as I go to the scriptures and I'm looking for something I stumble on things that I'm not looking for and that's what God wanted to speak to me about I don't find that happens when I use electronics because it goes right to where I need it just a thought you can use it or throw it away so John chapter 2 on the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when the wine was gone, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no more wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. That sounds callous. The, the original language is more like, madam, what, what is your issue concern? Why does why this concern me? It's not because he's a callous person. We may understand it when we read that. It's not that. Jesus was always more concerned about the timing and the heart of the Father than anything else. He was submitted to the Father. And he says, my time, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there was set... (laughs) if you have a mother you say something but that not just they don't listen to you you are like yeah that's great she just continues to give the servant like he's gonna do it and so she starts telling them what to do he's just told her, I'm not gonna do it that's great whatever he tells you to do do it his mother said to the servants whatever he says to you to do do it now there were at now they were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of the purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled him up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they and they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior, sorry, when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. In other words, they bring out the cheap wine later when their palates have been dealt. You have kept a good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. The story of Jesus turning the water to wine is one of the most well-known stories even in Hollywood and even in the world. Everyone knows the story. And it is something that the Lord spoke to me about many years ago that I want to share with you here today. And I've, I've shared this before. But let me first just say, if you do the calculations, it's between six to 900 bottles of wine. just thought I'd throw that out there. Six to 900 bottles of wine, 20 to 30 gallons apiece. Six of those things that size. It's a lot of wine, best wine that ever was made because it was from the Lord. So they got, it wasn't Cabernet. Hello. Just practical. It was, the Lord made that wine. And He made a lot of it. But it starts at a wedding. And I want to speak to you about this morning when the wine is gone. You've probably seen the title already behind me. It's interesting to me that the Bible starts with a wedding starts with God officiating over Adam and Eve it ends with a wedding also another wedding that God officiates over and it just happens to be so that here Jesus earthly ministry began at a wedding because the whole of the human story is the love story of a bridegroom and a bride everything is set around that covenant everything is set around that one covenant and so it starts off and it says on the third day And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at this story prophetically. I know what it means practically. Jesus waited for the timing of the Father, which we'll get into. He started ministry. He revealed a supernatural sign. The book of John has seven signs, and it calls them signs, not miracles. Sign points to something. And so the book of John is all about the deity, the messiahship, the the divinity of Christ. He was fully God and fully man. You see more of the divinity of Christ in the book of John. It it calls signs. Signs. He raised Lazarus from the dead in the book of John. The blind man that was born blind. Never before it it says, has anyone been healed like that? He healed that man. Seven signs that point to this is the son of God. So it starts here in John chapter 2. And it is also about the old and new covenant here. Why do I say that? It says, on the third day. See, when I read the scripture and I read that, that speaks to me. Why? Because there was another third day where Jesus rose from the dead. And because of that other third day, there's going to be a wedding where nothing will ever run out. Hello? So it's pointing to something. On the third day and it's a wedding it's pointing to what will happen because of what Jesus did on the third day by coming out of the grave so firstly I'm gonna do a little bit of background then we'll get back into the story I want to talk to you very quickly can we take a sidestep and come back to it are we all that smart wonderful I want to talk to you about stables of a Christian diet and seasonal rains of God just to bring some prophetic understanding here in Luke 5 if you know it's If you're part of this church, you've probably heard me preach on it many times. It's one of my favorite texts. Jesus talks about the old wine and the new wine. And he's referencing wine that has to do with the old covenant and the new covenant. The, the, The wine of God in the New Testament in Scripture, in the Old Testament, the natural, New Testament, the spirit, has to do with the things of the spirit. The new wine, when they were filled with the Spirit, they said, oh, it's like they thought they'd been drunk with new wine. And so wine became something in Scripture and more in the New Testament that has to do with the fellowship of the Spirit, the move of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, the wine of the Holy Spirit. Do we agree? So, and it also, in Psalm 104, it should come up behind me, it says this, He causes the grass to grow for the cattle. And vegetation for the service of man, in other words, from the ground. And he may bring forth food from the earth and wine that makes glad the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread which strengthens man's heart. Wine that makes glad the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread which strengthens the man's heart. Wine, as I said, is the fellowship and the power and the move of the Spirit. It's the presence of God. Anything that happens with the Holy Spirit. It began in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit comes to earth and they started referring it to the new wine. And Jesus said, anyone who's experienced the old doesn't immediately love the new. You know, it's the same today. People have been part of a move, a movement, a group, a Uh, denomination, uh, any type of expression, and for them to go from that to this, it's difficult because there's adjustments and things, and they were part of this move of God, and this move of God isn't like this one, and we get all boxed in, in our thinking, God is much bigger than all of that, much bigger than all of that. But it also talks about oil, what's that? Anointing. The the lampstand, the candlestick in the Old Testament, the oil, all through the Old Testament, you see the anointing, oil, and the oil to make the face shine. Let your light so shine before men. It's the anointing, the gifts and the call of God on a person's life. It's the divine ability that God will give you in order to enable you to do what he's asked you to do. You know, most of the things the Lord really calls people to do, some of it will be impossible. Otherwise, it's probably you know it shouldn't all be possible just by our strength the Great Commission itself heal the sick you have no power to do that it requires the divine enabling of God Joshua arise take you and all these people across across the 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 river Jordan do three things that Moses could never do It's the first command given to Joshua Joshua chapter 1. That's the anointing, the divine enablement of God. All right? Then it says, Bread, which strengthens man's heart. That is the word of God. These three, bread, wine, and oil, were staples of everyday life in Israel's world, in the Jewish world. Everyday life, these were staples bread, wine, and oil. Bread is the word of God. Jesus was the Logos, the word made flesh. He called himself the bread from heaven, the bread of life. Are you still with me? The work of the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, 2 Corinthians 13, the presence of God in your daily life, the presence of God, not just here, felt the presence of God, the power of the Spirit, the presence of God. Your fellowship with God the communion with the Lord that's wine and the resulting power that's the wine of the Spirit okay the divine enabling of God the anointing and then the Word of God why do I keep going over these because these three should be or are called we are called that those three are also normal staple diet of a Christian the presence of God the life of the Spirit communion with God the Word of God you, you eat bread you eat food every day can I say something about actually nope I'll do that I'll do that in a little bit these are part of a staple diet now I'm gonna get to where this makes sense in a moment then you get seasonal rains who knows Acts chapter 2 and I will pour up my spirit on all flesh your sons and daughters shall prophesy your manservants and maidservants you all know the, the scripture Acts 2 quotes Joel 2 when the Holy Spirit comes to the earth. Peter looks at what happens and says, This is that what Joel spoke about. And he begins to speak and prophesy and say, This is what you, the fulfillment of Joel chapter 2. Just before Joel chapter 2 gets to that part, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters. Just before that, it says this. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully... Can we say faithfully? That's important. And he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floor shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. Wheat, bread, wine, and oil. That's just before Acts chapter 2. And therefore, your sons and daughters shall prophesy and so forth. It's saying the New Testament will be different. The New Testament is not by might, physical might, what I can do, what man can do, what army, nor by power, which is military or political power, but by my spirit. So he says everything in the New Testament is going to be by the spirit of God. It's a spirit life. Walk by the spirit. Live by the spirit. Think by the spirit. Speak by the spirit. Everything by the Holy Spirit. The divine enablement of God, the wine and the oil, and the word of God, the bread. So, then we have seasonal rains, former rain and latter rain. There are entire movements on the earth called the latter rain, and to some people that's weird, and what do they mean? And I mean, you can't go up to an unbeliever and say, I'm part of the latter rain. You're what? What? It's, it's weird. I, hello, can we just be honest? If people get so prophetic here, it's like, if you can't just tell an unbeliever, God is real, he loves you. Now, I'm, Sometimes there's jargon, we get so used to jargon, we lose. But yet the Bible here says there's former rain and latter rain. Now practically, what it was is God would bring former rain faithfully on the earth, which would soften the ground at the right time to plant, to dig and to plant the seeds. And then, time. Seed, time, and harvest. Then there would be time, a winter season. And what would come to break winter? The latter rain to break the winters of our life. The latter rain would come, the stronger rain, the April rain in our, in our culture. But the latter rain would come, and that would go deep into the earth and water the seeds that were already there. And what would happen? That would absorb that water, it would cause the seeds to swell, to break, to die, and then to spring out of the earth. And the things that would start to grow, which God had purposed it. That's why sometimes when the power of God comes upon your life, and he touches your heart, he moves upon your heart, he touches your body, heals you, or or there's a decision, you make a decision for the Lord, I'm going to stand in this. It's like the reign of God has moved upon your heart, and then things get difficult. Why? Because there's a dying that comes. In order for that seed to break out of the ground, something has to die. Unless the seed falls to the ground and dies, it will bear no fruit. So God has put something in your heart long ago, or just last week, or last year, and it's there. It's just there, as a the seed. It's like we cry to God, God come and move in power, come and touch this land, come and save America, come and change this, come and heal my son, or or whatever, we cry out to God, God, we need you, and he says, sure, and he comes and he gives you a seed, sure, he has a whole handful of seeds, and you say, "Um, that's great, but uh, I, I just want the whole tree, so he says, well, put the seed in the ground, son, but my heart's heart and the seed doesn't go in. Am I making sense to you? I know this is prophetic. <sighs> What's the point? The work of the Spirit Jesus called the heart soil. The work of the Spirit on the soil of the human heart. There's former rain faithfully God will always faithfully bring former rain to your heart, which is what we're going to talk about today. But the latter rain will come. And whenever you get into the presence of God, hear me, the manifest presence, the tangible presence of God, whatever is in your heart will grow, good and bad. My dad dad says, Hebrews 6. It will, because the wheat and tares grow together. Sometimes the Lord will allow things to grow up in your life so they can be clearly distinguished so you can get them out. Stuff will grow. So, now, what we're going to talk about today. The reason I just did a little bit of that is because there's certain language in the New Testament, there's certain prophetic understandings that to the Jewish person, to the Israelite was normal, to a New Testament Christian was normal. And often in the modern church, we forget some of this. There's symbolism all over the Bible, all over the Bible. Jesus spoke it. I'm the bread of heaven. Talked about wine and bread and oil. and. So I try to just give a bit of background because I cannot assume that people know that. So this message was put into my heart years ago that I want to talk to you about when the wine was gone. I was living in South Africa at the time. I just gone into ministry, I was 22 I think, 21 or 22, and just got into ministry and I came here to visit my parents and they had just left I think where they were staying originally, they had moved into their first place. And I was up early in the morning praying, not because I'm an amazing Christian, because of jet lag and uh, everyone was asleep and so I saw my dad's Bible there. So I picked up my dad's Bible, and I started at the book of John, and I just started to read. And I got to John chapter 2, and I started to read about the story of the water being turned into wine. It's probably still like that in his Bible. I actually looked this week. It is. And I looked, and as I began to read his Bible, there was one sentence underlined. That was it, the whole chapter. Now there's probably more, because he does read it. And all that was underlined was, when the wine was gone was underlined and in that moment um the power of god hit me and the lord began to speak to me me personally and say son i want to speak to you and i want you to use this text as a blueprint for what to do when the wine has gone out of your heart and when the wine has left my people what do i do when the wine has gone and the lord put those two seeds in my heart that day And I went back to South Africa, and I went on a missions trip up to another country in Africa called Malawi. And I got extremely sick. And, you know, you call on God there differently because there was no hospital there. I was lying in a tent with a fever of over 100 and delirious and seeing funny things because of the fever. And no one knew what's wrong with Africa. Who knows what you have? And, you know, you can't go home. It's no hospital. So you just, there you are. And, you know, I'm not sorry to be graphic, but I have fluid coming out of every part of my body, you know. And so I'm just sitting there. You can't preach. you traveled all this way to go and minister. You're just sick, you know. And I had a photo of my mother and father in my wallet. Uh, and I took it out and I said, you know, just a, just a family moment. I took it out and I said, Dad, what would you do here? What do I do? And the Lord spoke to me and said, that, that thing in John chapter 2. I want to teach you and that time there he began to give me revelation out of this text and just speak to me and massage my heart and I didn't in a sense do anything but I just spent all this time with the Lord and actually a funny story I was driving home I got better while I was there just started to recover and we were driving home it's a 45-hour drive that you do in two sessions you drive 20 hours sleep three drive it's nuts so we were driving and I slowed down in the road and I slowly, like, and there were a whole caravan of cars following me. And I slowly, like, did this, a bit of weaving and turning. And then the guy who was leading the whole thing was sitting in the passenger seat. And then he was a great leader, calm. He looks at me and says, so, um, what were you doing there? And it used to happen often that baboons, baboons would run across the street there in Malawi. So I said, well, I, just, you know, the troop of baboons, I didn't want to hit them. He said, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Can you pull over? And I pull over and he says, yes, yeah, so there were no baboons so I'm going to drive and I, <laughs> I realized that I was still delirious and the medication had got to my brain. And So so he was just calm. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Can you pull over? Yeah, that was, was an interesting day. I felt great. I mean, you know. <laughs> but those two seeds, that saying, when the wine was gone and it underlined and I just... I started, God started to minister to me. What do I do when the wine is gone? Or maybe there's a concern for others. Lord, there's no more wine. When the wine is gone from the heart, this is something that every believer will face. What did the Bible say? In my presence, wine. In my presence is fullness of joy. Wine gladdens the heart. What do I do, Lord? I've become a ritual Christian. Every single person in this room has been there if you are a believer. I've been there many times. What do I do, Lord? My heart has grown cold. I've become just, I go through the motions. That passion that used to burn in my heart, God. Couldn't wait to worship. I couldn't wait to get in your word. The desire is gone. And like, you know, you can't speak about it. Then they probably think, well, you must be bad or you must be sinning. It's just life. Hello? Life happens. One of the greatest enemies to the presence of God is busyness. And we get very busy in this area. And so the Lord, it's like, and I would go to the Lord and I would start to see the signs, and the Lord just gave me a blueprint. What do I do when the wine is gone? The Lord also put a seed in my heart, which I sometimes struggle to talk about. Just the concern for the body of Christ. Lord, they, they have no more wine. Because the church. At times, I think we forget Yahweh, Elohim, the absolute power that He has. Absolute power. And because it's not in our expression, on our theological box, but God is a God of signs and wonders and miracles and power. You know, the number one phrase when it says in the Bible that God was given glory, or he, God was glorified, or the glory went to the Lord. The number one time, the number one thing that every time it says that, you can do the history, you can go to the study, it's hundreds of times. By far, the number one reason was after a sign, a wonder, a miracle, or the supernatural. All the covenants, and God was glorified. They have no more wine, Lord. Many, many men and women over the centuries have felt this burden placed on their heart. And it's that burden that moves them to become something. So they can display the wonder of God. Not about them. It moves them. It presses them. I'll just be, I'm not saying I'm one of them. But I will tell you, at times this thing comes on my heart so much the weight of it. Just the body of Christ. Christ. Longing to see God's people enraptured with him again, loving him again, serving him again, obeying him again, not out of legalism or, or pressure, out of love. But when the wine is gone, what do we do? You know, and unfortunately in this pressure-driven culture, it's like you don't want to tell another person. That's one of the best things you can do. The joy, the wine, the desire, it's stuck. Well, I just couldn't care. So what do we do? Number one, the stirring of God will come. Why? The former rain? Faithfully. The former rain is what makes the hard ground soft. The former rain of God will come in your heart. Watch for the stirring of God and partner with it. I'm just I'm trying to be very practical this morning. Is that okay? Some of you may hear me and go, it's not been practical. It's about to get practical. Let's read it again. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the NIV says, when the wine was gone, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no more wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. The stirring of God will come upon you. And you know that sometimes the stirring of God will be a concern for others. Mary was vexed, deeply vexed in her heart. They're going to run out of wine. Why? Because in that culture, if you ran out of wine, the, the family would be shamed. And she knew there is shame coming on this family, and it vexed her. It concerned her. It troubled her. What does your concern have to do with me, he said. It moved her heart. See, the power of God will always be released when you're compassionately moved about the spiritual lack in others. And she was moved and concerned. She said, God, she said, well, God, it is, he is God. Jesus, what do I do? <laughs> she was moved. Her heart was stirred. The stirring of God can sometimes be unpleasant. It can be a deep concern, even about the state of your own heart. You know, when you suddenly see yourself in clear light... You're like, I've moved, I've shifted, I've moved, I've drifted. And you can get, con- you can, the enemy can condemn you so quick, but that never helps. Why? Because it doesn't empower you. Conviction will empower you from the Holy Spirit. And most people, they run away from the Lord to go and get themselves better. And hello, we all do that. It's a pressure culture. She has the right response. She runs straight to Jesus. Help me straight to jesus always go to him don't go away from him go to him how do i partner with the stirring of the lord firstly let me just say if if there's concern that begins to develop in you for others please don't go tell them you know unless you have that kind of relationship we are not the morality police they already have one mother hello i'm concerned because you just you're a mess Thank you. That's great. (laughs) Go to Jesus. You know how many times people phone me and say, "I'm really concerned. My, did you pray for them?" Oh yeah, yeah, I'll pray for them. Can I just be real with you? Don't not mention them before the throne. Pray, worship over them. Pray for them. Say for the next week, for ten minutes a day, which sounds long. It's not that long. I'm gonna cry out to God for this person. Because God put them on your heart. <laughs> and you know when you do that, and then a week later, you see something. <coughs> Sorry, I didn't know how to do that. Cough. <laughs> you see something, and you see this person's life begin to change. They make decisions. they up at the front by the altar. They're crying. And you know, man, you can't run up and be like, I did that. <laughs> mm You didn't do that. But you partnered with the Lord because He's stirring your heart. Now, why is it different for you when He stirs your heart for you? Just go to Him. Can you mute me at the back, please? Thanks. How do I partner with the stirring of God? I'm just going to give you a list very quickly. Take up the word again and just begin to read. The bread which strengthens the man, the heart of man. Take up the word and begin to read. Don't have to study, just read. Just read. Open the Bible like I did and just read. You know, it's not about how much you understand and it's not about how much you can recall. I've said this before, please hear me, especially if you're a new believer. When I got saved, I devoured the word of God. By his grace alone, he put such a thirst and a hunger. I used to sometimes read four books of the Bible a day. I couldn't get enough. (laughs) I just, but that comes in seasons. It's not going to be like that forever. And when that started to wane, I thought, oh, I'm a bad Christian. No, you can't live like that. But there are seasons where God will put a deposit into you that you will then draw off and draw off later in life. You're digging wells. But there's still a daily bread. Don't set ridiculous goals. I'm going to read 50 chapters a day. You're not. Just pick it up and read it. It It's life to you. This is your food. It feeds your spirit. You know, if I said to you, what did you eat last year Tuesday at 12 o'clock in April the 3rd or whatever? And if you said, oh, I ate this, you you wouldn't because you have no idea. Then why do we expect that with spiritual food? We expect to recall everything we've ever eaten. It's not about recall. It's about feeding your spirit. When the wine is gone and God starts to stir your heart, or you're saying, God, there's no desire, and you want to partner with the stirring of the heart, just read it. Even if you're a pastor, even if you're a teacher, even if you you know it so well, read it. Just read it. And you begin to become strong. Then what will happen? Take up prayer and devotional time. This is so simple. Friends, this message is so simple. But unless God's people just do the basics, it's just the basics. Take up prayer and devotional time. Principles, please hear me, principles, even when we have spiritual principles, principles can never replace what is lost through intimacy. Never. I can understand how my wife thinks. I can understand the principles she runs off. But if I never spend time with her, the relationship will go this way. There's nothing that can replace time with Jesus. Nothing. And you know what happens when I step out of that place of his presence, out of that place of worship, or because that's worship too, and I step out of that, you know what is the furthest thing from my mind? Sin. What is the furthest thing from my mind is trying to figure out what I can do and get away with it because I'm under grace. Why? Even though it's theologically I am, but why? Because it just feels so different from him. And I've just been with him. And that feels so separate and different from, from him. And now it feels separate and different from me. Because I've been with him. Yeah? Why do I say the Lord will always faithfully bring former rain? Well, because it says he will. You know what else it says, Isaiah the prophet, a bruised, 42 verse 3, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out, meaning those who are, the fire has gone out, where we used to stand, we're faltering, the morally, spiritually, mentally, whatever, we're just feeling weak, He says he will never snuff that out. Where did this happen? Where did this all happen? A bruised reed he will not break. This happened in Cana of Galilee. You know what the word Cana means? A place of reeds. And this family was about to become a bruised reed and Mary got concerned. The wine is gone. The joy is gone. The desire is gone. There's a bruised reed here, Lord. So she runs to Jesus. Focus on others. How do I partner with the stirring of God? Focus on others. And I'm not talking about escapism. I'm not talking about help others so much because you're ignoring what's going on in your own heart. Not that. Just, (laughs) I said it earlier, the power of God was released because of the compassionate concern of somebody else. Focus on others. Sometimes the best thing you can do when you're you're hurting, when you're struggling, is put your arm around somebody else. That's worse off. Your perspective changes. How else do I partner with the stirring of God? This one will be a challenge to some of us. Make yourself available to God and to people. Make yourself available. Just. It truly is amazing to me that this story exists. Why does this story exist? Because of Mary's relationship with her son, Jesus. Hello. She went to him, he wasn't going to do anything before. This story exists because somebody had her good close relationship with jesus now i don't know what changed his mind and there are many theological people that can tell you and they all have their own theories and they all think that they're right whether it was honor for his mother there's many theories no one actually knows what made jesus change his mind but i know this that it was based upon the relationship with her The inference actually of the original language in the text suggests that Mary was actually the one who was invited. And because of the culture, she got to bring her son and therefore his disciples. She was the one who was invited. Did you ever think that maybe that you go into a situation or you find yourself in a place or situation or a person's home because of who comes with you, not because of you? God designed it that way. He put his spirit in you for that purpose. Maybe he has you in a situation because of who's in you. And we think, "Well, I'm not good. God can't use me like that." Well, maybe he thinks he can. And maybe he's right and you're wrong. And maybe what's wrong is my perspective of me instead of his perspective of me and my perspective of him. Hello? and it 's not just signs and wonders and miracles, words and knowledge because you hear stories from me and words and knowledge that 's partly how God uses me. sometimes it 's finance. God puts you in a situation where you just moved for compassion you just give because He knows if one of my own is there, this situation will be different. Why? Because I go there with him. sometimes it 's a kind word, sometimes it 's a word of wisdom, sometimes it 's an arm around a young person saying from an older person saying, let me uh, help you a little bit. Hello? The question is, can he lean on your relationship to break into that situation? I'll say that again. Can he lean on your relationship with him to break into that situation? It is how he's designed the new covenant to put his spirit in you. So he can lean on you to break into a situation where the wine is gone to bring joy, to bring hope. (laughs) Even Jesus did this. Say, what do you mean? Well, he said, it's not my time, but then he did it anyway. He said, it's not my time. Something changed, and he did it. When the wine is gone, friends, I encourage you, follow the stirring of God. He will faithfully come and stir your heart and soften it and put seeds there and begin to rain on it. Partner with it. Partner with it. Partner with it. Work with Him. Number two, we're going to have to move a little faster. John, let's go back to Scripture. Verse 5, His mother said to the servants, Whatever He says to you, do it. I preached this message a few times already in this church. The last time was about four years ago someone came up to me and I read that they said after that you can stop message is over whatever he says to you to do do it said stand up say that sit down whatever he says do it whatever he says just do it (laughs) it's interesting that Mary said this to servants you actually don't have to say that to servants that's all they ever do is what they're told Think about it. She said it to servants. Why? Because the supernatural was involved. The unreasonable wasn't involved. The unintellectual was involved. Things that made no sense. And recognize that again, it was based on her relationship with Jesus. It's someone who knows Jesus well that's going to someone else saying, I know you don't understand this. Just do it. Trust me. Just do it. Okay. Just pray like this. Just read this part, just read this book, just just trust me God'll just do it, please. It, it'll change things. You know, okay. Doesn't make sense, but I'll do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. Now I have learned that partial obedience brings partial victory. And I could preach on obedience in such a way that'll make everyone feel bad, but that's not the point, because there's no empowerment there. But often obedience is like It's like a parent especially with boys or maybe it's with boys more I don't know I only have two of them I say to my son go clean your room now this doesn't happen but this is how we are son clean your room okay did you clean your room no but I'm thinking about it (laughs) it's like the Lord says do this did you do it no but I'm thinking about it, Lord and we think we've obeyed so time goes you come back son did you clean your room no dad But I'm talking to my friends about it to see how they do it. Son, go tell that person. Let me just go talk to them about it. Son, did you clean your room? No, not yet, Dad. I'm I'm drawing up a plan to make sure that it's done effectively. Did you clean it yet? No, but I've got a plan. I, I just want to make sure it's done right. we think well I'm obeying not yet another day goes by son did you clean your room no dad but I'm praying about it have you done it no please do it whatever he says to you do it Jesus said my food is to do the will of God hear me please now with what I'm about to say I love, if you know me, when God touches in power. I know that. He's used me for it. He's used many of you for it. It doesn't make anybody special. It just makes him very loving and very gracious. But let me tell you, people seek God for a touch. Hear me. Seek God to know what his will is and then do it. Seek God to know what his will is and then do it. Often the divine enabling comes when we've done it. Put yourself in a situation where unless he comes through, not just any situation you pick what he has said, what he has said to do, go do it. Because obedience is we think as from this culture, from the earth's world, earth's way of the the culture of the world, obedience means correction. Obedience doesn't mean correction in the kingdom. Please hear me. Obedience in the kingdom is exciting because it's evidence of the type of relationship that you have with Him. It means He can trust you, it means He knows you will do it. Obedience is exciting because it means you can hear. It's not correction, it's not from this world. Obedience is so exciting. It's so it's the best Christian life. The most miserable people in the world are Christians who surrender halfway. It's an awful existence. I just love Jesus. You, really? Man, that looks so attractive to me. I want to be like that guy. Obey him. He's still a king, friends. Hear me, he's still a king. And I know we're sons, but we're also servants. He's still a king. You know, (laughs) Lord us. We're not gonna be the same that side of the veil. We're not all gonna be the same. There are rewards that side. (laughs) There are. Now, if we just live for rewards and to some degree we're living for ourselves, that's why it's when it's done out of love, love is the greatest in power. It empowers you. It's what brings men through war when they've got a photo of someone they love, someone they're protecting. We're not going to be the same that side. I'm not talking you and me, and people in general. You know that the Bible speaks of a gown of salvation but a robe of righteousness? They're different. You can get in as one escaping through the flames with a gown. I want to go there with a robe. Shining robe. (laughs) Whatever he says to you to do, do it. And I'm not talking about obeying all of scripture like the Old Testament, the law, all the time. David didn't do that. But it says in Acts 13... That this David was a man after my own heart. Why? It tells you why. Because he did whatever I asked him to do. Means I'm not perfect. I struggle. I do things. But when the Lord says, son, I want you to do this. Yes. Yes. Because he's my king. And he has all power and authority. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. Isaiah 66 six two. on this one I will look, on him who is poor and contrite of spirit, and he who trembles at my word. That's not just this word, it's what he says to you. I'm not trying to bring pressure, but there's a reminder. We serve a king, and he longs for obedience. Why? Because it's the best thing for you. You know, every time we sin, and we all do, but every time we sin, you know that we're partnering with someone who wants to destroy us? Because it comes from another kingdom, from the dominion of darkness, from the old nature that we were born with on the earth. And so we look for a way, how can I do these things and get away with it because I'm under grace? Why would you want to go to the enemy's kingdom and partner with him while he's trying to kill you and then why it makes no sense and so the Lord reveals that to us again and says son do this not because I want you to be a better Christian because you're my son and you're my daughter this is who you are do this and there's a love that will build in your heart through obedience like nothing else love that comes from obedience even when we don't understand why because it's trust Do this I don't understand do it okay do not lean on your own understanding trust in the Lord with all your heart I need to stop serve others let me just quickly say this one I have to open the Bible again sorry that was foolish just quickly now there were six water pots of stone according to the manner of the purification of the Jews Containing, con, containing—that's the new word. <laughs> containing, twenty or thirty gallons apiece, so six, 180 gallons. Jesus said to them, "Fill the water pots with water," and they filled them up to the brim. And he said, "Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast." You know, this is important for two reasons. Just real quick, one, because the manner of the purification of the Jews—you know what that was, actually. That was all the things that the pharisaical religious world had added to the law. Jesus rebuked them for this in Mark chapter 7. He said, you worship me with your lips, but your heart's far from me. And he talked about the washing of cups and plates and hands and stuff at meals that the law never says to do. What is it? It's self-righteousness. I can do this. My self-righteousness. Your self-righteousness will never ever bring, even with obedience, your self-righteousness will never bring glory to God like this did. Lean on His righteousness. Know His righteousness and watch Him turn your water to wine. What do I mean when I say that? Six water pots of stone. Six is the number of man. It also means when you work, just hard work. God worked for six days. This is not talking about the water pots of stone. It's not you as a vessel. That would be a clay vessel. We are clay vessels. Hello? God forms us, makes us, puts us in a testing fire to make us hard and, you know, in a a good sense, strong, not hard-hearted. These are water pots of stone. You have to take a solid block of granite, concrete, and dig and dig and carve. This is your career. This is what you do. This is what you've worked hard at. This is something that you've done this is work you've worked at something cast the net out again Lord we've been working all night do it again just one more time this is something you work at this is Elizabeth Ford working with everything for the poor this is whatever it is you work at something and then the Lord shows up And you say Lord I don't know what to do and he says Cast the nets out one more time. He says, full those you know they would have already filled those pots up again. That's why they were empty. Because they had to pour it over all the people's hands and feet as they arrived, because there was no streets there, it was just dust. So they were empty because they'd just been used. And many mothers feel like that. Poured out. Just poured out. I just feel poured out. I just I'm poured out over and over and over. And I feel like I'm just used to wash everyone up, and clean everyone up, and fix everyone else's mess. The leaders and businesses and church, I felt like that. Lord, I'm poured out. Why must I pray for them? They're just gonna go do it again. You just pour it out, pour it out, and you feel stretched thin in your heart. And what does Jesus say? Fill it up again that took work they had to walk back and forth they never forced they never hose pipe really lord yes but this time give it to me there's a surrender of what you hold in your hand your career maybe what you do for peace because you're so tired <laughs> so you play golf you shut yourself away whatever you do for peace and that becomes your most protected thing maybe it's your time because you're so busy you protect your time whatever it is whatever you work hard at and then the lord says can i have that can i have that and you say sure it's yours we pray a little prayer lord i give this to you amen can I have that can I have that please why because I can turn it to, to wine I can touch what you think you, you're so good at that's wonderful but let me touch it and it won't just cleanse people it will go into them and make their heart glad how do, how do people say how do I do that I will encourage you go home if I'm speaking and right now things are coming up in your heart, you will forget them. Write it down, even while I'm speaking. Write it down while God's speaking to you. Go home and do something with your words and do something physical, practical. I do that. The Lord, You know there are things, can I just be vulnerable? There are things in my life and the Lord knocks. Son, that's a, it's a good thing, it's not a bad thing. It's give the money over here, do this. And he knocks on my heart and I kind of hear it And I try to ignore it because I don't want to give it up. (laughs) I'm like, I don't want to do that. And so I just become really busy over here. And just... and Sometimes with tears, because it's precious to you. It's something you've... says, give it to me. You know, sometimes he just takes it and that's it. There's no wine. He just takes it and leaves. Why? Because there was something harming you, but you didn't know it yet sometimes he touches it. it says when they tasted the wine the water that was made into wine he takes something natural something good something that you can do but you give it to him and he touches it now it's different now it's different it has the touch of god and that deal is made and that business changes and that person's heart something begins to take place Go home, whatever that is for you, I encourage you. Pray it, not just once, over and over. God, I give this to you. I give it to you. I give it to you. Take something of that. I've seen people take, like, a business card or something that represents their company and literally say, God, this is yours. A physical act. Give it to him. Watch the next week, the next month. Something will change. It's not the next day. Some deal will come, something will happen. God will move your heart to give money to that person and you say, Ooh, but that's the money we were going to use for this. And he says, But I thought you gave it to me. It's no longer yours. Trust in the Lord, so you give it. Another month goes by. Supernatural provision more than you could ever. Why? That's the system of the Lord. All right, I have to I have to be done. I just trust today was helpful to you. I just, please hear me. When the wine is gone, run to the Lord. Partner with the stirring of God. He will stir you faithfully. Partner with it. Partner with it. In all the various ways that I said and however, but partner with it. Really, I encourage you to partner with it. Give Him what is precious to you. Give it to Him. And watch Him work. Can we stand could I step out here Jay can you come close in prayer can we be friends after this please don't be mad can we have a mic Jay, come up here Jay you may not know it he may not like me to do this but this is one of the founders of the church so
5: it would be good for you to pray let's pray Heavenly Father we just know that your presence is here and we're so grateful that you have chosen through your servant Clayton to just deliver a word that encourages our hearts to run to you and do all that you ask us to do. Lord we know that you are the mighty God who is worthy of all glory and honor yes. and praise, dominion and power, splendor and majesty. There is none like you, there is none beside you. We can't wait to see you face to face. Yes. Oh, God, our hearts just yearn for you. We just want to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Mm. Send your son back. Bring the kingdom in mighty power. Lord, let us go today in your grace, and your mercy, and by the power of your spirit. Bless all that we do as we commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: Amen. Thank you, Jay. Josh. All right. If you uh, can
0: go to the website to see all of the different announcements that we didn't get to hear today, make sure you plug in everything that's going on. Visitors, thank you for coming. Please get a, uh, a gift on the way out. And we have a larger ministry team as of this morning that is really, really looking forward to pray for people. So if you want some or if you just and have nothing to do, come get some prayer and uh, enjoy the weather this week.
1: Good morning, Free Life Church. We're glad you're here. If you are visiting in person, please stop by the connection corner in the lobby to receive your welcome bag and learn more about Free Life Church. A member from our connection team will be there to answer any questions you have. We look forward to meeting you. Ladies, mark your calendars for April 30th. Join us for an evening of fellowship, fun, and games. Light refreshments and childcare will be provided. Discover who we are, what we believe, and how to get connected and equipped. Whether you are simply looking to get to know us or ready to become a member, this one-day course is where you'll begin. We hope you can join us on Saturday, May 15th, from 9 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. We look forward to getting to know you. On May 16th, we will be hosting child dedications. It is our heart to pray over and bless the children that the Lord has placed in our church family if you have an infant or small child and would like to dedicate them to the lord please register online on the events page we are excited to announce some wonderful outreach events happening in loudon county like the upcoming bible reading marathon experience what god is doing in our community check out our newsletter and our social media for more information remember for more information about all of our upcoming events please see the events page on our website. Thanks for tuning in.